Okay, for some reason, it's loud sometimes. It's 10 a.m. Going. <laughs> Hello, beautiful soul, and welcome back to the SMS. I hope you're doing great. I'm so excited for tomorrow's episode, yay! Because I'm a person who cannot shut up about books because I'm in love with books. They are my greatest love. <laughs> and if you're also obsessed with books, then this is the perfect episode for you. Because we'll be talking about everything. Not really specifically about certain books, but about all bookish things. Like genres, tropes, my bookish pet peeves, um, book talk. A lot about book talk. <laughs> Problematic authors, DNFing books, the never ending TBL. There's a lot to cover about books. And I hope this episode won't be too long, because as I said, I cannot shut up. I would talk about books all day long if I would have people with me read books. <laughs> They're not that many, which is also why I love book talk, which is why I am having a book talk account. If you don't know what book talk is, it is just TikTok, but people that read a lot of books and that do book content. That kind of section is called book talk, and I'm loving it. <laughs> it can also be kind of toxic, but we'll be talking about that later. If you're interested in book talk content and books and everything, you can follow me on TikTok. <laughs> um, on TikTok, I'm my account is called Miriam BPG. I also tried to link that in the description. And yeah, but. Outside, let's start. Let's start with a quote. Obviously, a book quote. And I love this one. <laughs> so here we go. A reader lives a thousand lives before he dies. The man who never reads lives one. George R. R. Martin. Didn't he write Game of Thrones? I might be wrong. I have all five books, but I haven't read them yet. And they are in Germany, so <laughs> can I look at them right now? Um, but I love this book. It's so true. I love reading because then you enter so many different worlds and you experience things from a different perspective from someone else maybe i mean technically the protagonist can be you totally especially if it's in like first person and that also kind of states that books are an escape <laughs> which is also why i love reading it's such a great escape from reality. Is that healthy? Mm, I don't know. There could be worse things. So I think reading to escape this life is okay. <laughs> Nothing bad about it. <laughs> Anyways, let's start with my top three books. I was quite certain about them last week, but now. But I'm sure. But I'll explain why. So, my top three books. One of them is Divergent by Veronica Roth. Roth? Roth? I don't know. Um, maybe you've read the books. Maybe you've seen the movie. Maybe you've read the books. I actually haven't finished it. <laughs> I'm still missing the third book, Allegiance. 
It's a long story, right? But I'll try to finish it this summer. And I'm a bit scared because, well, I've heard some things and I want them to be true. But I love Divergent, the whole world building. The second book is not as good as the first one. So, yeah, but I love the first one. I want to annotate it so badly. But annotating books takes so long. <laughs> then, I got The Lilac Queen Doesn't Care. I've read that book once, so I've read that version twice. And The Lilac Queen I read that once last year and I loved it. Um, it's... Oh, I forgot to say like what genres they are. So the version is dystopian. And The Lilac Queen Doesn't Care is contemporary romance. It's queer, yeah. <laughs> and I loved reading it. I had the best experience reading it. I was giggling the whole time <laughs> and I was screaming and I felt all the emotions and um, there was a thing that was predictable. But I still gave it five stars because I loved the experience and I read so quick and I could resonate with the characters. And that's always a big point for me to give a book five stars or to really like it if there was some kind of resonate with it. Um, but that's a book that I'm not that sure about anymore because I'm scared to reread it. Because The Lilac Queen doesn't care is the first one in a trilogy. So the first one is about Delilah and Claire. The second one is about Astrid and Jordan. And then the third one will be about Iris and someone else. So it's like this friend group and then they go, like each book is concentrating on a different couple or how they become a couple. And I just finished the second one, Astro Paco Doesn't Fail, and I didn't like it as much as I liked The Lilac Queen. And I think that's because I noticed that I don't like typical romance books. And I didn't really care about the plot twists in the second one. And I didn't really resonate with the characters, and then I noticed that it followed the exact same pattern as the Lilac Green. And I don't like that. I like my books to mix things up and to not follow the same pattern, because that becomes predictable. But we will also talk about that later. <laughs> but I love the Lilac Green. I'm scared now that when I reread it, that I'll drop it down to four stars, but I love it so much. I'm gonna keep that going. And now, <laughs> my first favorite book of all time. I will get it to two with the initials of this book because I love it so much. It's The Girl in 6E. <laughs> I love it. I've read it 30 times now and I'm loving it every single time. It doesn't get bored. It's actually a trilogy. Um, the second book, I've read it twice and then the third one once. I want to pick all of them up again, but I only have the first one here in Denmark. So when I arrive in Germany, I'll try to read them. Although my TBR is so long. Oh my god. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> so, The Girl in 60. It's a thriller, bit of erotica as well, but not that much. And I just love the character development, the way the author, A.R. Teller, like, it feels so real and. All the characters, it's a cute start reading the first page and you're just in in the world and 
it's so dramatic. <laughs> um, oh, I just, I just love it. I love, I love it. I love. Did I say that I love it? Uh, oh, I cannot stop thinking about. It. I also have an annotated copy, and I also have a signed copy when I received that one. I cried. <laughs> I cried so much. And I also texted the author, and she responded. And I was so happy. She's so sweet, which is ironic because she's writing so many thrillers. <laughs> but she's so nice, and it made me even more happy. And I cannot wait to read more of her books. I just finished another one of hers, also five stars. Usually, usually I don't really get five stars, but there's something up with her books. <laughs> But yeah, those are my three books, The Dawn Sees E, The Light of Green Doesn't Care, and Divergent. But actually, I mean, it's so easy for me to pick my number one, The Dawn Sees E. There's, like, nothing that's coming close to this book. <laughs> Loving it. <laughs> In general, I'm really picky about my five stars. Because, as I always said, I need to resonate with something in the book, and that's something that the author can't really... Well, can't really determine. Um, it's just a personal thing. But I also love a good character development and good world building and understanding the character. That's really important. That the character isn't flat. There's so much going on. And that you understand the character and the thought process and everything that happened before the book started. So... All of them are different genres. The Girl in 6E is thriller, then Lila Green Doesn't Care is contemporary fiction, romance, I think that was in romance, um, Divergent is dystopian. So what is my favorite genre? I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. I've been, like, the thrillers I've read so far, I love all of them, but I don't usually walk into the thriller section at the bookstore and go, oh yeah, this is my jam. So, I don't know. Um, I would say contemporary fiction because I also like a lot of um, Japanese and Korean books and they are very contemporary and I love the writing style. But in general, they are usually a quick and easy read unless they cover like mental health, which is also something that I like a lot to read about in characters. Because it is real. So many people struggle with mental health. And incorporating that into the character in the book is quite a good idea, I think. Um, yeah, but I'm also a sucker for dystopian. However, I don't rate dystopian books five stars. Like, I, I do, but not that often. Because dystopian books are usually for teenagers and then it becomes too predictable for me and also the characters are not quite as developed and I never get the romance plot because in dystopian books or teenage books in general the romance is off I don't feel the vibe like I don't know when this connection developed they just kind of met and it's either already there for no reason at all or they spend two days together and then they randomly kiss and then they are like oh i've been obsessed with you 
from the first second on. I'm like, where? When? How? Didn't notice that. And then it's cringing because, so. Yeah. At the moment, I'm looking for a book that reminds me of Divergent or The Hunger Games. So I have a lot of dystopian books. I TBR and I've read two so far. I think they were. No, I hated one of them. No, hater. I actually, no, okay, that's fine. It's Shadowmere. If you want me ranting about it, not really ranting about it, but giving my thoughts, go on TikTok. I have a video on it. And the other one was Legend. It was alright. It was alright. Will I pick up the second one? Probably not. Maybe if it's lying around somewhere. For free. <laughs> but I don't think I will. Um, but I'll keep you up to date if I can find one. Because everyone loves the Hunger Games. Me. <laughs> now that we covered that, let's talk about tropes. Um, let's talk about some that exist and that I see a lot on TikTok. There's Grumpy Ex Sunshine. <laughs> Fake dating. Friends to lovers. Enemies to lovers. Second chance romance. And so many more. But these are all I can think of. And I hate all of them. <laughs> okay, that's not true. Enemies to lovers can be good. It can be good. Friends to lovers can also be good. But it always depends on how the book is set up. To be honest. But it's not like someone says, oh, This book features the trope enemies to lovers. And I go, Oh my god, I need to read it. So, yeah. Therefore, I figure I don't really have a favorite trope. A queer, tro uh, a queer books trope? I don't think so. <laughs> and it's not like I go, oh my god, it's a queer book, I'm gonna buy it. Um, I don't think I have a favorite trope. I don't think I do. And actually, I don't like that people call out tropes. Because that usually always gives away the plot twist or the whole plot of the book. Because if you go, oh, this book is enemies to lovers, thank you for spoiling it. Or when you go, this is fake dating trope, of course they're gonna get together at the end. Of course. <laughs> and sometimes I like it for lightly, or when I just don't want to think about it, if I just want to skip read a book, then that's okay. But it usually gives me the ache, to be honest. So usually when people go, oh, here are books that feature this trope. I usually skip the video. Because, um, yeah. I like to be surprised when I read a book. Which is also why I usually never read the, um, the caption in the back of the book. Because I guess they're away. <laughs> okay, okay, sometimes I do read it. But then I buy it, it, put it in my shelf. Then I ignore that book for a year. And then I pick it up. Then I don't read it again, the back of it, and I just start reading the book itself. And then I'm surprised. <laughs> it does work. But since we already talked about tropes and that I don't like them, let's talk about my bookish pet peeves. Because there are a few, and I already mentioned some, like predictable plot twists. We don't need to talk about that much anymore, but I want to be surprised. I wanted to rock my world. No. <laughs> but I want to say read the book with my mouth open going oh my god what the hell did just happen like I didn't expect this that's what I that's the experience I'm looking for I don't want to go oh, I knew it 
I knew it. I mean, you can guess. I always have guesses when I'm reading something. But if it's too predictable, no. I don't like it. And then, as I already mentioned with Lila Green and Astrid Parker, um, I don't like it when books follow the same patterns. Especially in this case, it's like all going well, and then there's just one thing that happens, like miscommunication. Oh my god, I hate miscommunication. Is that a trope? I think that miscommunication trope? Yeah, I think that exists. I hate it. I hate it so much. Just talk. It's also a thing that I hate in real life, that people do not openly communicate about things. Just talk about it. It will solve so many problems if people just talk about things. <laughs> you go, oh, it's miscommunication. No, just like, mm, although love triangles, they can be good. They can be good. Now I'm thinking of Shadow and Bone. I don't want to spoil it. There's this kind of sweet guy, and then there's the villain, the morally gray character. <laughs> and I mean, it happens a lot. Also in Hunger Games, when we have. Catherine's with Peter and with Gail. Yuck. <laughs> Sorry. Um, love triangles, they can be good, they can spice things up, but I wouldn't count that as something necessary because it can also go vehemently wrong. So. Anyway, what was I? <laughs> Books that follow the same patterns, yeah, no. That's also why I dislike romance books a lot because they also always follow the same pattern. Um, it gets boring. So I want new stuff. Ooh, my bookish pet peeve is <laughs> cracks in the spine. I'm one of those people that rather read books in a really uncomfortable position than to crack the spine. If I crack the spine, I'm gonna cry. I know there's this technique that you can do. So your book gets floppy, if it's not from the beginning on. But I did that, and I had a crack in the spine. <laughs> the only time when I accept a crack in the spine is when I have a secondhand book, and I bought this book with the knowledge of it having a crack in the spine. Because then I only buy it so I can read it outside with the sun, so I don't care if the pages turn yellow or they kind of get a bit wobbly and when I know that I will carry it around and I will probably get a bit damaged. That's also the reason why I buy secondhand books <laughs> because then I don't have to be that careful because they're usually probably a bit damaged. But otherwise, a new book, mm -mm. don't you dare give a crack in the spine. That's also why I don't like to lend out my books to people because I did that once. And then I got it back. It looked so horrible. I had to sell this book afterwards. Um, because I couldn't look at it anymore. It was it looked so damaged and destroyed. It made me angry and sad at the same time. I didn't really like it, so it was okay that I sold it. But never do that again. No. I'm so careful about my books. Also, when it's a hardback, I always take off the book cover. So that one doesn't get damaged. Because that's the most beautiful part about the book. Why would I want to get that damaged? <laughs> and then, um, the last thing that I came up with 
with problematic authors, which leads me also to my next question. Should you care about problematic authors? Since problematic authors are one of my pet peeves, I'd say yes. Um, I think everyone should have their own opinion on that one, but I don't like problematic authors because when you buy their books, you're supporting them and their views. I know this is like a big discussion on book talk, especially because there's this one problematic author that is really popular um, and they're like, it's basically splitting up book talk. The people who still read it and like it and the people who do not and give up their books. Um, I don't have any books of uh, this author. I had one, sold it, I also didn't really like it. Um, the only thing that I would accept for me in regards of books from a problematic author is if that book is already a used one and if I buy it I'm not supporting it or if it's um, from my mom or someone else I know um, then I'm not buying it and then I'm not supporting the author unless of course you write it and stuff then you also support the author um, but in general I like to keep my hands off problematic authors because I know that I could also never give that book a 5 star and there are things that are problematic about them like being homophobic or racist or transphobic and all that stuff I don't want to agree with those things um, I don't understand why people have those views so I don't want to read that like book of someone that has racist opinions or homophobic ones transphobic, transphobic ones there's so many things so I just don't interact with them and people like I said they don't care about that but in my opinion it's a bit ignorant I've had a few conversations about that in school and some people say, yeah, but you also have to read about like books from authors that you don't like. But there's a difference between an author that I don't like, or the books that I don't like, or an author that's problematic. Because of their opinion. Um, yeah, as I said, I don't want to support them. That's all that is. <laughs> now that we're talking about negative things, let's talk about positive things again. So things that I look forward to in books. <laughs> I love it when books give me emotions. I want to feel it all. I want to feel the excitement, sadness, irritation, anger, happiness. I want to giggle, I want to cry, I want to scream, I want to shout, I want to run away, I want to throw the book against the wall. No, I would not throw a book against the wall because then I would damage it. <laughs> but it's the best feeling when a book impacts you that much. I just finished a book and I cried so much. And I love it. I love it. It makes me sad. It still makes me sad when I think about it. But it just shows me that the writing is insanely good. And the story as well. And that it captured me. And that is so great because not that many books do that. And I'm loving it. So far I cried um, when I read Seven Husbands of Ellen Hugo. Oh my god, I never- I think that's the first time I actually really cried because of a book. 
I also cried. <laughs> okay, I cried when I finished the trilogy of the girl in 60 because I was so sad that it's over. Okay, it was also a tiny bit sad. Um, but the author said that she might write more books and since I texted her and it's not really promising, I'm like, oh, don't do it. But I also cried when I read the first one again because I'm so attached to the character now that the tragic family history kind of gets me. And then now I cried when I read Lies We Seem to See. It's a big Greek mythology. I'm not into Greek mythology. Um, so I don't know a lot. So maybe that would have um, spoiled it for me. I don't know if the ending is made up or whatever. But the ending is so tragic. It's also beautiful. Like the last page. It is kind of beautiful. But so tragic and sad. I was like, no. Mm -mm. No way. So I really cried. <laughs> but it is the best feeling. It really is. Like crying because of a book. That shit is crazy. And really, like, it's. I love it. I want to do it again. Even though it's emotionally devastating. <laughs> and the next thing is also something I mentioned seeing things in characters that resonate with me. As I said, for me to give it a five stars, it has emotionally impact me and also sort of resonate with me, usually, and um, which is also I think why I like a bit more realistic stuff and real character development because it gives more of an insight and it like the connection to the character then is closer. And I also love annotating books and looking through them afterwards. <sighs> I love my annotated copies. I don't have that many because annotating does take up a lot of time while reading and sometimes I like to get through them. Um, and sometimes I just tap them, sometimes I highlight stuff, sometimes I write in it, sometimes I put sticky notes into them. <laughs> and But I love looking at them at the end and um, just choosing a random page and looking at my annotations. I love it. I think it looks so aesthetic and it's so beautiful and for some reason it gives me comfort. I don't know. It's not like my annotations are really smart. Um, sometimes I just write go girl, yes, slay. <laughs> and sometimes I'm like what the hell did this just happened or oh, I hate this person. Um, so it makes it look more personal. I am aware that I cannot really sell it afterwards anymore, but since I'm not planning on selling a lot of books because I want a big library and I'm attached to my books, <laughs> that's totally fine. My most annotated book is my one copy of The Girl in 6E. That one is also really personal, but I also annotated The Priory of the Orange Tree. If you don't know, that book is like an 800 page book. I read it in two weeks, but I also had like a reading schedule so I can achieve that <laughs> and I annotated it so thoroughly and after every 50 pages I wrote a summary about it and there are so many tabs on it. I think um, there's a video on TikTok where I show it inside where you can see all the tabs. It's crazy. You have to scroll down a bit but um, it's there. <laughs> and that book was really good. It was, I think it was stars. I'm really looking forward to to read the prequel but it's even thicker and um, I don't have the time and I also have my TBR that has to go down so I'm not buying books anymore 
Yeah, I want a book brain then. <laughs> Although I have a few subscriptions. Um, I have still my Lemon Crate subscriptions that will keep happening because I love them. And I have a gift card that I can use and I can buy one to two books when I finish my mock exams and my exams, my real ones that are coming up in the next three weeks. Um, as a reward, yeah. Because, okay, let's talk TBR. If you don't know what TBR is, TBR means to be read. So all the books you have at home that you haven't read yet. And my TBR pile is pretty huge because I have over 100 unread books. I counted my books here and I couldn't believe what I counted. <laughs> it's insane. Um, so I guess I'm more of a book dragon, but I'm working on it. I've been reading so many books the past days. Although I actually have not time, but somehow I managed to do that. Maybe also because I like to finish stuff quickly now so I can go and read and escape as well. <laughs> but yeah, I think the reason why I have so many unread books is because, well, you know, I moved to a new country last summer. And then I thought, why should I take books with me that I already read? I took my favorite ones with me and... All of the others were unread ones. Um, I have two bookshelves now, so one in Germany, one in Denmark. Um, and so my bookshelf here in Denmark was pretty empty. I had quite a huge box with books when I got here, but my bookshelf was still empty, so I thought I should fill it. So I got more, more books, um, but I didn't really read here because. Well, everything was new, you just want to socialize, and then um, you'll have to study a lot. I mean, the reason why I'm here is for studying. So, yeah. And then in the beginning of this year, I was a bit of a reading slump because I haven't had a five-star read in a long time. I have had now, in April, which I'm really thankful for. <laughs> it was one of my big goals to finally have a five-star read, and I have had two. And I also read my favorite book, so very frequently. Um, yeah, but now I want to settle down to 50 and then I can go and buy books as usual again. Um, yeah, actually I don't know the exact number because I am not on Germany right now. I cannot count it, but here I counted month 6 and <laughs> I know that I just ordered 4 new books, but to Germany, so I have 100 and I know that there are so few that I haven't read yet. Definitely over 100. <laughs> So now I'm trying to at least read the thin ones and the ones I'm most excited about. I also have reading phone cards. They were in, in a little micro box and I used them. Watch my videos on TikTok <laughs> because there I use them a lot and then um, I shuffle them and then read the cards out and then I choose them. Um, it's fun. I really like it. It makes it more exciting. But I was thinking of adding my own as well because um, those prompts do not cover all of the books that I have. Um, yeah, but sometimes I'm also a mood reader, so I would just pick one randomly. Um, yes, there's so many more things to talk about, but actually, I think, like, for time reasons, we should stop here. <laughs> um, there's so much more to talk about. Maybe I'll do a part two. I hope you liked it. And I hope you are as obsessed with books as I am.
all about you Oh no, I'm tripping Tripping books <laughs> Or to join booktop um, It's fun by the way That's what I would say It's sometimes a bit messy I will do a second part Because we need to talk about that one <laughs> Anyway My song of the week mm, I have one my favorite song of the week is She Keeps Me Up by Nickelback. I don't like country music usually, but this song, playing that in my car extremely loud in the morning on my way to school, that has something. It makes my day. I'm like in a best mood for morning. It's amazing. <laughs> but I don't recommend listening to it while reading because I cannot concentrate. While reading, I like to listen to rain songs in the moment with some fire crackling in the background that's really nice <laughs> all right don't forget to check out my book talk if you're interested in books um also follow this podcast because why not <laughs> why not why not we're having fun here <laughs> Alrighty, i'll see you next time bye